You're listening to the First Baptist Church of Hazel Park audio podcast. We hope that this podcast is a helpful resource in your daily walk with Christ. Now, here's today's sermon. Uh, Genesis chapter 27. As I mentioned earlier, we are going continuing through the patriarchs. Uh, we are we've moved from Abraham. We are now talking about Isaac, and we're a little bit into Jacob, and then. Uh, we got a few, probably about eight, nine more chapters of this, and then we'll take a break, do something else, and we're going to come back and, and go through the 12 tribes um, after a break uh, from the book of Genesis. Now, last week in chapter 26, Isaac made the same faith failure that his father had made. Abraham had gone into a land. He's, his wife was beautiful, so he said, There's, certainly they're going to kill me and take her. And so Isaac uh, did the same thing as his dad did. With his wife, and he said, she's beautiful, certainly they're going to kill me and take her. And both of them lied and said, oh, she's my sister. But Isaac got caught. Both of them, God spared them. And not only God spared them, but God spared their wives. And God spared those that would have committed sin with them. And really what God was doing, along with his grace in their lives, is he was preserving and protecting the lineage of Christ. From anybody being able to say, well, there was that time when... And they could go back to these places where sin could have occurred. Um, And so Isaac, uh, God delivers them. God delivers him, Isaac, in spite spite of his lack of faith. And then Isaac has been greatly blessed. We saw that at the end of last week. He's been greatly blessed by the Lord, became the envy of the Philistines. They began to fill in his his father's wells that were his inheritance, but he went back and just kept redigging them. Even after he would dig one and it would get filled in or dig one and they would contest it, he, he gets one and the water comes out and he thanks God for the one that he has. And uh, then the chapter ends with the grief that Isaac and Rebekah felt because of Esau, their oldest son. He had taken wives from the Hittites. Remember how adamant it was, he, uh, Abraham was, that his son Isaac... Take a wife from his people and not from the Canaanites. Yet now, just one generation later, their son, Isaac's son, takes two wives from people that served other gods. This was not a racial thing. This was not anything like that. This was about the gods that they served. Now we come to verse 1 of chapter 27. And I'm going to warn you, we're going to try to cover the whole chapter tonight. We should be able to. Uh, But we have a lot of reading to do, so stick with me here in chapter 27, verse number 1. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his eldest son, and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here, I, here am I. And he said, Behold, now I am old. This is Isaac. I am old. I know, that, I know not the day of my death. There's wisdom right there, isn't there? We don't know the day of our death. We may think it's coming quickly, but we'll see here uh, that he didn't know the day of his death. Verse 3. Now, therefore... Take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, and thy bow, and go out to the field, and take me some venison, and make me savory meat, such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat, and that my soul may bless thee before I die. Here, Isaac's request is that his son would go out and prepare a meal for him. That he's 130 to 140 years old, is what we, is what we think here. And he said, the Bible says that his, his vision was, was pretty much gone, his eyes were dim, he could not see. And so he calls his eldest son and he's going to get some things in order because he believes his time is close. What we know, because of what we'll we'll read in the future, is that Isaac lives another 40 years after this. So he thinks he's about done, 
uh, and he doesn't know the year or the day that he would die. But thinking that it was coming to an end, uh, his, he gets things in order. And then in verses 3 and 4, Isaac requests this freshly hunted and prepared meal from his son. Now, venison, we think of venison as deer meat. At least that's what I think of. Uh, I, I, I like venison. It's, it's got a good flavor to it if it's done right. But it would be, uh, this would be anything taken in wild hunting. So he's saying, going out, I want you to go out and I want you to hunt. And I want you to bring me this wild caught meal. Remember, they could have had sheep. And in fact, that's what we'll find out. Could have had goats, all those things. But he wants something that his son has caught in the wild. And I think there's a reason for that. What we find is that some of the commentators point out that we could, we couldn't, he couldn't taste the difference between the requested meal here and what Rebecca prepares for him later. And I, so I think what's happening here, I think he's more interested in his pride in his son. That this is my son. He's a man's man. He's going to go out and he's going to he's going to take his weapons. He's going to go out and hunt. He's going to find me a meal. He's going to bring it back. He's going to prepare it just the way I like it. Back in chapter 25, verse 28, we're told this. And Isaac loved Esau. Why did he love Esau? It tells us because he did eat of his venison. But Rebekah loved Jacob. So we already have an unhealthy family dynamic that it was clear that one parent liked and loved one child more than they liked the other. And the parents were on opposite sides. Isaac was watching out for Esau, but Rebekah was going to watch out for Jacob. Now, in verse 5. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau, his son, and Esau went uh, to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau, thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord, before the Lord, before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My father, peradventure, will feel me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me, and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice and go fetch me then. Rebecca heard what was going on. And Rebecca developed a plan. She developed a plan, but the, the plan was to fool or to deceive her husband. Now, Isaac was wrong. Even though his wife had been told years before by the Lord that the elder would serve the younger Isaac was determined that his favorite son would be the beneficiary. And so we, we read here about the, about the blessing. He says, Abraham says in verse number four, that I may bless thee before I die. What is the difference? What is a blessing? What is a cursing? Or what is a blessing? What is a birthright? In the times of the patriarchs, the firstborn son was automatically the rightful owner of the birthright. This made him heir apparent to the estate. That he was the one who would, who would take most of the estate and he would be the future head of the family. He was entitled to, as far as the goods of his father go, he was entitled to a double portion of the goods of his father. And even though Jacob and Esau were twins, the determining factor was who was born first. We know that Esau was born first, and the Bible tells us that Jacob came out grasping onto his heel. He came out right after him, 
holding on to his heel. Jacob's name means heel grabber or supplanter. The word supplanter, of course, means that he would supplant. He would take his brother's spot when it comes to the owner as being the owner of the birthright. Jacob did not value his birthright. He didn't value it enough. He didn't value it more than a bowl of stew. So he sold it to his brother because he did not value that birthright. The blessing, however, was not owned, per se, like the birthright. It was given by the father at a later time. Now, the greater blessing would go to the one with the birthright. The oldest son would get the birthright. The oldest son would get the greater blessing. That was just how it worked. The lesser blessing then would go to the other son or sons. Now, John Gill, uh, commentator John Gill, he's, uh, he pastored back in the uh, 1700s. Um, he said that the blessing belonged to Jacob because of three reasons. Those three reasons are because, number one, it was God's divine plan. Number two, because he owned the birthright, so he would get the blessing. But also because Esau married outside of their family. He married outside of their their nationality, their, their religion, really. They're people who serve God. And he married Canaanite women. Now, that may be true. John Gill may be right. And I, and I think he probably is. But... That doesn't give people the right to act outside of God's plan in order to accomplish what they think to be God's plan. Once again, just like we had with Abraham and Sarah, we have people saying, I'm going to help God out. Sarah, Rebecca here, she knew that her younger son was going to be the one that would that would receive the blessing of God. So she decides she's going to help out. She probably got worried when she heard, okay, he's going to go out in the field and he's going to, uh, Esau's going to go prepare a meal. And then when he comes back, Abraham's going to bless him. I've got to stop it because I've got God. I know what God wants. So Rebecca, she requests two kid goats. Now, probably the reason there was probably two is it probably took two of those to, to come up with the right meat and enough of it so that it would fool uh, Isaac into thinking he was eating Esau's meal. But Jacob saw an obvious flaw in his mother's plan. He said, uh, Mom, he's hairy. I'm smooth. I, I don't, I'm not like him. The Bible tells us that when he came out of his mother, he looked like as if he was wearing a hairy garment. And that was when he was born. And what we find out here was that's the way he continued that things didn't change. Jacob was the opposite. And Jacob knew that there was no way if his father touched him that his father would be fooled. And certainly, when he gives him the blessing, he's going to touch him. And he said, when that happens, he's going to touch my arm. He's going to touch and he's going to know that I'm not Esau. And what's going to happen is instead of giving me the blessing, he's going to curse me. So Jacob knows this is a bad idea. But Rebecca says, hold on, just listen to me. I got a plan. She said, my cur- that curse be on me. I got this. In verse number 13, and his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice and go fetch me them. Then we come to verse 14. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother. And his mother made savory meat such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared under the hand of her son Jacob. And he came unto his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? 
And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according to that as thou hast bidest me. Arise, I pray thee, and sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said to his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. And Isaac said to Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very, my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near to Isaac his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy. And his brother Esau's hand, as his brother Esau's hands, and he blessed him. I just got to stop there and say, how hairy was Esau <laughs> that the skin of the goats felt like Esau? Anyway, verse 24. And he said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. And he said, Bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat, and brought him wine, and he drank. And his father, Isaac, said unto him, Come near now, and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment, and blessed him, and said, See, the smell of my son is the smell of the field which the Lord hath blessed. Therefore, God give to thee the dew of the heaven, and the fatness of the earth, and the plenty of corn and wine. The, let people serve thee, and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren, and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be every one that curseth thee, and blessed be he that blesseth thee. Jacob here, we see he's just lying and lying and lying. He's dressed with the clothing of his brother that has the smell. I'm pretty sure it didn't smell like bounce, like it came out of the dryer. Probably didn't have a smell we would be very pleased with today. Um, some of you go hunting and you know what it's like after a few days of being out there and that you don't smell so good. But that's that's the aroma of the field and, and of his hunting. And then with the skin of the goats in his hands and his neck, Jacob comes to his father's room with the meal that his mother had prepared. Now, in verse 19, Isaac says, I am Esau. In verse 20, he gave God the credit for his deceit. He said, oh, yeah, God has blessed my hunt. Verse 22, the skin of the goats were on his hands. Verse 24, are you Esau? And he said, I am. Verse 27, there was deceit of the clothing. He said, you know what? You, you don't sound like him, but you smell like him. And, uh, and so there is just deceit after deceit, lie after lie. And then he comes with a blessing in verse 28. And he blesses his son. Now, of course, we all hope for our children to be blessed. We would, if, I could, if I could somehow cast a spell on my kids, and I don't mean that to be witchcraft or anything, but there's a way I could say, I'm going to give them this blessing and, and they're going to be successful or they're going to be good Christian people. If it was that easy, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? But instead, we must be labor. We must labor in raising our children. We must labor in, in praying for them, labor in correcting them, labor in loving them. We want them to grow up and be successful. We want them to have plenty of food. We want them to, to be God-honoring. But he was intending to bless Jacob. He says this in verse 29. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. So he wanted this for Esau, right? But what does he do instead? He gives it to Jacob. Now, maybe Isaac was unaware of what God had told Rebekah in chapter 25, verse 23, that the older will serve the younger. Maybe he was unaware of that, but I think that's doubtful. Maybe he was unaware of the fact that Esau had sold his birthright to Jacob. But I also think that that's doubtful. But he knew that Esau had married women that were not worshippers of the one true God. 
And after all these years, after all these years of seeing his character, of seeing the kind of man that Esau was and was the, how, what he was turning into, he says this in that blessing. Let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. I, I believe he knew about the birthright. I believe that he knew that the elder would serve the younger. But yet he still says, let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. So I think it's interesting because there were only two sons. There never would be another son. It was always just Jacob and Esau. It's the only two children that they had. Let thy mother's sons. And so there's, I, I, I can picture him there saying, let thy mother's. You know, you're my son, but you're, the, the other one is your mother's son. And, and you're my favorite, so I want your brother to have to bow down to you. And maybe he's thinking, this, if I try hard enough, I can overcome God's perfect plan, and he's going to bless the world through my favorite son. I know, what, I know what he said, I know what the Lord said to my wife, but maybe if we try hard enough, we can change this. We cannot overcome what God has determined to do. We can only bring about problems as we fail to overcome God's plan. And so his blessing ended with these words. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee, and blessed be he that blesseth thee. Now, if you remember, if you go back to Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, this is what God said to Abraham. He said this, And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. That was a clear promise of the Messiah. That through him, that through Abraham, the Messiah was going to come. And that he is going to bless all the nations of the earth. All the families of the earth would be blessed through him. And so what Abraham, Isaac knows that he's the next step. He is the, he's the seed that through who would come. But he knows he's got two sons. One of them is going to be the seed that through him, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. And he was determined that he was going to bless his son Esau. And that Esau would be the one through whom... God would bless the earth. So let me ask you a question. How would God stop the wrong thing from happening if Jacob and Esau had acted in faith? Let's say, let's say Esau goes out in the field and he, he, uh, he shoots an animal and he brings it in and he prepares it and he takes it to his father. How would God have stopped the wrong thing from happening if Jacob and Rebekah had acted in faith? And here's the answer. I don't know. I don't know what God would have done. It would be complete speculation for us to come up with reasons or what we think God would do. But it's not speculation to say that God would fulfill his divine plan for the Messiah in his own righteous ways. And I want you to remember something. It is not the word of Isaac that would bring blessing on Jacob. We go, well, he's the one who he was going to give the blessing to his son. And who is he going to give it to? And that's going to determine. No, see, that doesn't determine anything. God is the one who blessed Jacob. You go, well, God, why would God, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated? Why would God, why would God want that? We don't know. We don't know why God chooses to do what he does. But we do know that we cannot overcome God's perfect plan. Do we have choices that make differences in this world? Absolutely. But when God has a perfect plan, and his perfect plan was to bless the earth through the seed of Abraham, through Isaac, and through Jacob, and that was God's plan, there was no way to overcome it. And the Lord had predetermined that Jacob would be blessed instead of Esau. Well, verse 30 comes about, and it says, And it came to pass, as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, that Jacob was yet scarce, gone out of the presence of his father, 
of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. And he also had made savory meat and brought it into his father and said unto his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's venison that my soul may bless thee. And Isaac, his father, said unto him, who art thou? And he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, who? Where is he that hath taken venison and brought it to me? And I have eaten of all before thou camest and have blessed him. Yea, and he shall be blessed. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father, Bless me, even, even me also, O my father. And he said, Thy brother came with subtlety and hath taken away thy blessing. And he said, Is not he rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he hath taken away my blessing. And he said, Hast thou not received a blessing for me, reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, Behold, I have made him thy Lord, and all his brethren have I given to him for service. And with corn and wine have I sustained him. And what shall I do now unto thee, my son? And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac his father answered and said unto him, Behold, Thy dwelling shall be as the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. And by thy sword shalt thou live and shalt serve thy brother. And it shall come to pass when thou shalt have the dominion, that thou shalt have the dominion, that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. So here in these verses, we see Esau's anger. Now, Isaac trembles very exceedingly. That's what the Bible tells us here. He trembles exceedingly. That means that he is he's shaking is what that literally means. He is shaking. He is so upset. So my question is, what was going through his mind? What was it that made him so upset? Well, obviously, the deceit and blessing the wrong one. Was it the realization that his other son and his wife had conceived such a scheme against him. Certainly that would be heartbreaking to know that. Was it that his favorite would not receive what he wanted him to receive? Or was it that he realized that his his attempts to usurp God's will were unsuccessful? That I, you know what, I can go around God, I can subvert his plan, and I can, I know this is what God wants, and I can do this, and if I try hard enough, it's going to work. And then maybe there's a point where he realizes, I can't do it. When Esau comes back in, both he and Isaac realized what had happened. Jacob had once again deceived his own family for his own benefit. Isn't it interesting that in Hebrews chapter 11, in the faith chapter, uh, I talked a little bit about this, by the way, yesterday. I want to, I mean, let me, let me chase a rabbit here. I don't do this a lot, but um, at least you don't know that I do. Um, but um, Richard, if you weren't here at the funeral, most of you weren't, so I want to say this to you. I was talking with Richard. Remind me where I'm at. I'm at the top of the page there, Brian. Remind me that. All right. So uh, I, I was sitting with Richard the other day. Uh, Pat passed away. His wife passed away. Pat, wife of 66 years. She passed away. Uh, last Sunday, and we were sitting there Thursday talking. And he said, there's going to be a song in the funeral. And um, he said, it's a tearjerker. He goes, but I want you to tell people that it's not completely scriptural. It, it, the song is, um, what is that song? Uh, George Johns wrote it. Um, 
Beyond the Sunset. Thank you, Lynn, Beyond the Sunset. And so um, he, he speaks through the song, and, and they played that with the video, and it was, it was a tearjerker. Um, it was a video of him and pictures of his wife and him. And, and he said that he was pastor. I want people to know that that is not scriptural, because at the end it says that when you walk down, walk slowly down that long, long path, for soon I'll follow you. And I want to know each step you take that I may walk the same. And he goes, Pastor, my wife's not waiting for me. She's worshiping her Savior. I told him, I said, you have no idea how good that does my heart to hear you say that. Because I hear people all the time at funerals, and I hear Christians at funerals, and they will get up and they will say things like, well, Mom's up there in heaven. She's watching us. If Mom's in heaven, she's not watching you. If mom's in heaven, she's worshiping Jesus. She's at his feet. She is casting crowns. She is whatever. All the pictures that we see, she is not watching us. And so people will go back to Hebrews chapter 1 or Hebrews chapter 12 and say, we are surrounded. We are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. And, and so they'll go, see, there's people up there watching us. They're up there over the portals of heaven watching us. And Richard said, Pastor, if she was watching us, that'd be so sad. And she would be crying in heaven. But she's not crying in heaven. She's worshiping. I thought that was awesome. So what does that mean in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1? Well, chapter 11 is what? The faith chapter. And the Bible tells us at the end of chapter 11 that it is that through their faith they obtained a good report. They had a good reputation amongst people because, because of their faith. Then, that's at the end of chapter 11 and chapter 12, we're surrounded, we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. That means that all those people that are up there in heaven, they're not witnessing what we're doing, but they are witnesses to us of what we should be doing because of their faith. All right, so we go back to the chapter of faith. Where am I at, Brian? Top of the page. That's what you're supposed to say, top of the page. All right, uh, it's interesting. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 20, it says this. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Wait a second. How did Isaac make it in this great hall of faith? For blessing Isaac, or for blessing Jacob and Esau. That doesn't make any sense to me. There was no faith, right? When we start out in chapter 27, there's no faith. He's doing what he wants. And say so he attempts to bless Esau. But listen, after, after he fails to bless Esau, look at verse 33. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that had taken venison and brought it to me? And I have eaten of all before thou camest and have blessed him. And look what he says. Yea, and he shall be blessed. This is why I think in verse 33, when he trembles exceedingly, he trembles at the realization that he cannot overcome God's plan. Because he says there at the end that he will be blessed. I tell you what, I tried. Esau, listen, man, if you only knew. If you only knew what was going on in my heart. I was trying so hard. I wanted it to be you. But listen, I can't overcome his plan. And your brother will be blessed because of it. There's nothing else I can do. I cannot defeat God. His will be done. Jacob shall be blessed. In verses 36 and through 38, uh, Esau says, do you have another blessing? Come on, get the Father, you've got, you got to have one, more than one. And I'm sounding very flippant when I say it, but he's passionately crying out to his father. He's like, am I going away with nothing? I'm the oldest. Look at I sold my birthright. I didn't sell my blessing. This is wrong. This shouldn't happen. There has to be something for me. Question is, what was Esau craving? 
Do you think he saw... You see, part of the blessing and part of the birthright was spiritual. Especially in Judaism. It was a spiritual thing. Yes, there were, there were, uh, there were physical blessings. There, were, there was monetary blessings. There was blessings that had to do with how much cattle they would get and how much land and all those things. But he wasn't craving the spiritual blessings from his father. He wanted the material things that his father could provide. Man, how many of us act like that? Man, I tell you what, I, I'm going to try to do whatever I can to get God's will my way because I want what God can. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Listen, Father. Have you ever thought about, you know, if I could just talk to Elon Musk? I mean, of course, first I'd share the gospel, you know, with him. Uh, but then after that, I'd be like, come on, Elon. You won't even miss a, a million. It's probably got it in your pocket. Uh, you won't even miss it. Can you just give me some? Like, I want to talk to Elon Musk, not because I want anything from him other than I want him to give me some money. And I promise I'd give the first hundred thousand to the church. Okay, if he gave me a million. Uh, so that's how people approach God. I, I don't, Oh, man, I tell you what, I'm going to go to church because I want God to give me good things. I'm going to go to church and I'm going to serve because I want God to bless me. I'm going to give because I heard a preacher say one time that if I give, that God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on me. That he'll give me a hundredfold. And so I'm going to give because I want God to give me a hundredfold. That's not what God is there for. That's not faith. And that's how Esau is acting towards his father. And so Isaac gives him a blessing. And he gives him a lesser, a much lesser blessing. Esau would be blessed. We'll see that in future texts. But it would not come easy. He'd be somewhat of a nomad and his blessings would, would come by the strength of the sword. He's going to have to work for them. He's going to, have to, he's going to have to fight for them. He would serve his brother, maybe signaling of what the Lord told Rebekah. But his people would not always serve Jacob's. The Edomites would eventually become their own people with their own king, at least for a time. But then in verse 41, he says... That he hated his brother. Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand. And then will I slay my brother Jacob. I've talked before about the word hate in the Bible. And there's, uh, I mentioned earlier, Jacob have I loved, Esau has a, have I hated. Um, and there's different, there's two different, well, there's at least two different words that are used. So Jacob have I loved, Esau has a, have I hated the word. That word there is different than the word here. That word can mean simply that one gets favor, one does not get favor. Um, one is treated in such a way, the other one is not treated that way. He's more disregarded might be a word that, that we would use for that. Uh, and there are times when the word hated means disregarded or to show less favor. But in the Hebrew... This word here is a very strong word that means he has great animosity towards his brother. It is what we truly think of as hatred. And so he vowed in his heart. He said, after my father dies, then I'm going to mourn and then I'm going to kill my brother. And we will come back to that when we get to that point in the text. And we can truly see the grace of God there. Now look at verse 42. And these words of Esau, her elder son, were told Rebekah. And she sent... And called Jacob her younger son and said unto him, Behold, thy brother Esau, as touching thee, doth comfort himself, purposing to kill thee. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice and arise and flee to Laban, my brother, in Haran. And tarry with him a few days until thy brother's fury turn away. Until thy brother's anger turn away from thee, and he forget that which thou hast done to him. Then I will send and fetch thee from thence. Why should I be deprived also of you both in one day. 
And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob take a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as these which are of the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do me? Rebekah has another plan. Part B. Okay, She had the plan earlier. We see how that's worked out. But she has another plan. Knowing that Esau was enraged, Rebekah comes up with a plan for Jacob to go to his uncle's house until Esau settles down. It's interesting, though, that she says this. Until he forget what thou hast done to him. I want you to go to Laban until he forgets what you did to him. Wait a second. Who did this to him? She was the mastermind. Now, Jacob here is a grown man. He's not a 16-year-old kid. He's a, he's a grown man. He's responsible for his choices. And so are 16-year-old kids. But she was every bit as responsible as Jacob was. She even continued to deceive Isaac. She went to him and she said, listen, Isaac, uh, I'm concerned about our son. Uh, he needs to marry a good girl. We see what's happened with the other one. And uh, I'm afraid that here in this land of Canaan that he's going to marry one of these daughters of Heth. So we need to send him back to my family to find a wife. And what she was really doing is having him hide from his brother. And her concern was not really for, his, for her son's bride. Do you remember when Abraham and his, his servant said, uh, hey, I'm, he says, I want you to go get a bride for my wife. And the servant says, okay, well, what if she doesn't come, want to come with me? Do I, do I bring um, him there? And he says, no, I don't want Isaac to leave the promised land. Abraham was insistent that they didn't leave the promised land. Now we have a compromising choice. I believe this is a compromising choice where the seed, Jacob, would be sent out of the promised land. And under the guise of looking for a wife, uh, the right wife for him. You know, Isaac had to remain while a wife was brought to him. But yet their sin and their faithlessness causes them to continue to make compromising choices. She says in verse 45, And I will send and fetch thee from thence. Do you know... um, far as we know, Rebecca never saw Isaac again after this. She had said, hey, you know, I don't want to lose both of my sons in one day. And she never saw him again. You see, no one in this family set a good example for us in this passage. Nobody has lived a life in this, at least during these years, that we would look at and say, man, I admire what they did there. Esau had already expressed his rejection of spiritual things in favor of material things. Isaac tried to go around God's plan to accomplish his own will. Rebekah was a deceitful wife and a mother that spared no effort in dishonoring her husband and her God. Jacob went along with everything, displaying his own weakness and compromising spirit. And and what happens here in this chapter would tear this family apart for decades. Esau hated his brother. And he probably didn't care for his mother all that much either at this point. Jacob would never see his mother again. Isaac would finish out his days 40 years or so as an invalid, virtually an invalid, just knowing that his family was torn apart. What a sad picture we see in this family. But this is what happened when each person in the family tried to make their own plan into God's will. I can't remember my exact title here, trying to make my plan God's will. How often do we try to make our plan God's will? 
on Wednesday nights when we pray, I try to every once in a while say this because it was something that I learned from someone or somewhere that I think is valuable. And that is that when we pray, we are not trying to get our will done in heaven, but God's will done on earth. Um, we, we spend our prayer time saying, God, this is, this is what, here's what my desire is. Here's what my plan is. And so, God, I need you to make this your will. God, I really think that I need to marry this person. I really think that I need this job. I really think that I need to have this house. I really think that I need to have this or I need to have that. And so, God, this is going to be your will. Should we pray for the things we desire? Yes, only if we are walking with God. If you're not right with God, don't pray for your desires. Because he says, delight thyself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So if you're delighting yourself in the Lord and he's giving you desires, pray for those desires. But those desires are not going to be, I need a Lamborghini. Those desires are going to be, Lord, I want to, I want to share the gospel with someone. I want, you to, I want you to use my child however you want. Like, um, what, was, what was Samuel's mom? Um, Hannah. Hannah, thank you. Like, Hannah, God, listen, I, use him for whatever you want. Well, Lord, I think you need to. Uh, I need. I think my, my kids need to do this, and you need to do this with them. And you know, Lord, we need good Christian doctors who make a lot of money. Not that there's anything wrong with that, uh, but we need good Christian doctors who make a lot of money. So, Lord, I think that's what you need to do with my, my child. We do need good Christian doctors, and we do need good Christian lawyers. Goodness, do we need Christian lawyers? We need Christian politicians. But what you, when we want our plan to become God's will, we are outside of His will. What we should have is I want God's will to become my plan. These, this family, all of them spent their time saying, I want what I want, and I'm going to do everything I can to get this to be God's will. But they didn't have that right. And you and I don't have that right. We don't get to tell God, this is what I want for me, and if you really love me, you're going to give it to me. Your kids ever say that to you? Well, if you really love me, this is what you'll do for me. Or worse yet, your wives, guys... Uh, if you really love me, this is what you're going to do for me. Faithlessness, listen, faithlessness is not just something that prevents us from growing and being blessed. Faithlessness destroys lives. Now, it doesn't mean that these people died. It doesn't mean that these people could never accomplish anything for God. Of course, we will see that they do. We will see redemption. We will see this, but it's only the mercy of God and the grace of God that gave them Lives that could still be productive, at least some of them. Through all of it. God was working, and he was working all things for the good of mankind. He was, he was still going to accomplish his plan. He was still going to bring about the seed through uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was still going to bless all the earth because of the Messiah that would be brought but his perfect plan would still be accomplished while using imperfect people to do it. And I'm so thankful for that because, man, as I mentioned this morning, that where sin abounded, grace did much more abounded. And in my life, there's a lot of sin. I don't mean I'm living in sin. Don't get me wrong. Don't take that wrong. But my life, my, my struggle, my, that my desires, I want this. And Lord, if, and I'm, just like, I'm just like this. Lord, here's what I want you to do. Our prayer needs to be not, Lord... Do this for me. My prayer needs to be, Lord, what can I do for you? What is it you want me to do? Wake up in the morning and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to accomplish today? What is it I can do today to bring glory to your name? 
What is it that I can do today to, uh, to show you to others? What is it that I can do today to please you? But we spend our time thinking, Lord, here's what you can do today to please me. <coughs> when God's, when our plan tries, when we try to make our plan God's will, it's, a, it's an act of faithlessness and we need to grow in our faith. Thank you for joining us today on the First Baptist Church of Hazel Park audio podcast. If you have questions or would like to know more about First Baptist Church, visit us online at fbchazelpark.com.